1: and policy experts on today's most important issues. Our events are part of our mission to formulate and promote conservative public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and strong national defense. We hope you enjoy the program. So good morning. Welcome to the Heritage Foundation. I am Jim Carapano, and I oversee the foreign defense policy here at um heritage uh so if you're like most Americans you love Croatia because it's a little nation that could and came oh so close to yeah winning um but it's a good prep for their for winning it next time um but uh but if uh, you've if you're, if you're uh, um been involved in our programs over the year you know that the US Croatian relationships actually quite deep and long um heritage is one uh, the active supporters about bringing helping uh, make the case to bring Croatia into NATO and the two countries uh, have a strong and important relationship and it's um, you know one of the things it's it's okay to be cursed to live in interesting times it's you know sometimes it's your curse to live in a very interesting part of the world so Croatia is blessed in that it's a beautiful country in a beautiful part of the world and has um, splendid natural resources and, and terrific people, but they're also at the focal point of some of the most important uh, geopolitics in the world today. So um, it's, it's a small nation of, of great importance. And so to have the deputy prime minister and the minister of foreign and European affairs, um, Madam Pacinovich Boric, uh, that was my uh, the only thing I had to get right all day. Um, it's just a, a great honor to have her here. Um, her resume is... Um, I think it's really remarkable. You have a generation of European leaders really who've come into their fore, uh, since the end of the Cold War. And in, in, in many ways, she's an exceptional representation of that. She has tremendous experience in, in government and non-government organizations and academic, um, a long career in history and writing, um, and, uh, and is a, a, a deep and knowledgeable expert, uh, not not just in the affairs of her own country, but in, in European affairs, and involved in in European integration and and uh, Croatia's ascension into the European Union. Um, so she's part of this incredible political class that has grown up, embracing love and freedom and uh, and, and and the. Um, and Western civilization and, and in many ways she's representative of this transformation of Europe after 1989. So to have her here today um, to talk about her country and its relationship with the United States and the world is a great privilege for us. So please join with me in welcome Madam Minister.
0: Well, <laughs> for what to say, this was a tremendous introduction. Uh, dear Mr. Carafano. Uh excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's really a distinct and true pleasure to be here today with you at the Heritage Foundation. As you can see or you may not know, I'm already part of it as I got uh, this beautiful scarf, so mm-hmm. I feel at home uh, from this very first moment I I I, I entered the uh, this very remarkable uh, house and very important think tank. Uh, so, uh, we have the privileged opportunity to share with you Croatia's, uh, views chiefly on our transatlantic relations. Uh, they are for us, uh, Mr. Carofano uh, mentioned it briefly, uh, to be, uh, to start with a genuinely vital of strategic importance when it, when it comes to our security, and prosperity and trust us we know what uh, security means uh, since uh, we ha- we are a young state uh, we uh, have come a long way through uh, with the homeland war with the blessed help of us and uh, so when we talk about security we feel it we don't know only that we know it what what that means uh, to us so uh, this great help that was coming uh, from the United States of America and from the Heritage Foundation and for many others from uh, this uh, great country was uh, very important to us. So it is surely about our interests, but is so fundamentally about our shared values, freedom, democracy, solidarity, tolerance, compassion, tradition and faith, forming our real cohesive tissue, intertwining mightily Europe and America. I'm also especially glad to be Mr. Carafano's guest today, uh, in my turn, having Mr. Carafano, uh, as our dear guest and distinguished speaker at the Dubrovnik Forum just a couple of weeks back. And uh, also m- some of you might not know that the, what we call now Dubrovnik Forum, which is, which was the 13th uh, of its kind, since we started, it started as a Croatia forum, and actually it was one of the major public diplomacy places where we trust, started to uh, publicly support our NATO membership or advocating for NATO membership. So for us, Dubromnik Forum has a very special uh, part in our public diplomacy. Uh, so thank you very, very much for valuable American input to our discussions. We just said we discussed very, uh, various important issues for the Europe, uh, transatlantic relations and the world today. And I'm very much looking forward. We are already preparing for the Forum for next year to see uh, you or other guests from uh, Heritage Foundation uh, next year, and uh, really to get insights and expertise that you do have here and cherish at this institution. Croatia together will all American friends and allies most sincerely wishes this great country to continue building from strength to strength. We wish the Heritage Foundation many future successes and this mission. We appreciate very much our fruitful partnership when it comes to promoting overall relations between the United States and Croatia. And we are looking forward to exploring all possible avenues of our future cooperation. We are very honored by your uh, support and friendship and by your dedicated advocacy of strengthening relations between the U.S. and Croatia, including uh, two important aspects. One, promoting the signing of a treaty of avoidance of uh, double taxation, which we still do not have in place and which would be of tremendous help to both American and Croatian businesses, and secondly, by applying to U.S. visa waiver program to Croatia. We are particularly glad to see how much we share a vision of a robust, strategic, transatlantic alliance between Europe and North America, embodied most tangibly in the NATO. And this is exactly the main topic of my address, by addressing our contributions and ideas, I wish to re-emphasize the importance we attach and the commitment we have towards transatlanticism and the NATO alliance. In our view, both of them rest firmly upon a notion of a strong Europe and strong America, which are from their respective positions uh, of strength able to mutually reinforce each other ensuring and the enduring security and prosperity of our citizens, societies and states, and projecting them beyond our borders. Croatia, as a dedicated member of both NATO and the European Union, is a firm believer in Europe and America acting in partnership and in concert. This is the crucial guiding idea of our foreign security and economic policy. We believe that in order to have that in place, we need a continuous, open, patient, sincere, and friendly Euro-American dialogue in all matters of our mutual interests. And these interests are almost innumerable. I cannot list them all, but let me just uh, mentioned the most important one and they encompass politics security defense diplomacy economy trade investments entrepreneurship science innovation technology and culture we are major priority partners and allies in all of these fields our relations in addition to those with a community of like-minded global partners in or, in other parts of the world sharing the same values and interests form the linchpin around which the stability and prosperity of the world revolves. Hence, our even increased responsibility to manage our alliance in the best and most efficient manner. In today's world, which is considerable in considerable turmoil in which we face an uncertain future, we as an alliance will be facing a full spectrum of threats, conventional and unconventional, which necessitates our joint responses. The U.S. is by far our primary partner and natural partner when it comes to dealing with these threats by using all the instruments, political, economic, and security we have at our disposal. Over the years, more than 25 years of our diplomatic relations, and today especially, we have been able to reinforce and energize ...many aspects of our relations, notably in the fields of defence, law enforcement and intelligence cooperation. The sensitive, the sensitive national security character of this uh, cooperation... ...demonstrate clearly the depth of trust we have in each other. From its part Croatia has been making and it will continue to make as much and as long as it is necessary... It's robust contribution when it comes to our joint Allied collective defensive effort, effort, responding to any contingency that may happen. We are deploying combat units altogether more than two hundred and fifty soldiers to two NATO enhanced forward presence multinational battle, battle groups, one led by Germany in Lithuania and the other led by the United States in Poland. These are highly capable and efficient units. Croatia has been prominently engaged and it remains engaged in many international peace support and stabilization operations under NATO, EU and UN auspices on land, the air and at sea. Most notably, our forces have been operating for 15 years in various, in various highly demanding capacities in stabilization efforts in Afghanistan. Today, we have a contingent of more than 100 soldiers still deployed in that country, also integrating additional soldiers from our regional partner countries into our contingent. Croatia participates in a wide range of counterterrorism, arms control, and non-proliferation efforts, here again having the United States as its leading partner. Moreover, we have reiterated our commitment to spend 2% of GDP on defense by 2024. We know it is just and necessary to have equitable allied burden sharing. A full scope of our defense modernization entails an acquisition of Western weapon systems. Most recently, we have decided to acquire a squadron of F-16s from Israel opening up a new level of military cooperation with Israel, the U.S., and other allies. Given our geostrategic position, it is only natural that Croatia assumes a special role in promoting stability, reconciliation, and good neighborliness in our immediate southeastern neighborhood. Most recently, the region has been exposed to destabilizing waves of migration, Our neighbourhood is still burdened by some unresolved issues and residual disputes from the past. It requires our continuous vigilance and attention. And it is there, here in this region, that the U.S. has been investing major stabilization efforts and where the transatlantic link has again proven to be a potent ingredient of security and prosperity. We see our particular role in supporting other countries in the region in the ambitions to join the European Union and NATO on their own merits and by fulfilling all required political, economic, social, legal and security standards. We have been able to experience ourselves the benefits of the European Union and NATO accession processes and membership, stimulating many necessary reforms of the state, economy, and society, and we firmly believe that the committed pursuit of these reforms followed by membership in the EU and NATO is the best way to ensure durable stabilization of this region. We have also seen what a wide-ranging success NATO and EU enlargement has been. We have been working closely with the United States and other partners to attain such an outcome. It remains uh, one of our foreign and security policy priorities, a mission to accomplish, not without difficulties. Croatia does seize many promising opportunities, practically necessities, to solidify and enhance transatlantic value and nature of both European and American policies. NATO remains the fundamental proven vehicle for that with its unique transformational ability to enabling it to keep adjusting itself to different and varying threats, challenges and opportunities, responding to them as they arise in pursuit and defense of our values and interests. There are also a variety of challenges, internal and external, facing us all along the way, some of them testing our unity and joint action or aiming to erode our cohesion and determination. We feel that it is simply far too much at stake here to allow anything to undermine our strategic alliance. Within our societies, as well as among ourselves, we have to pursue an open, honest, transparent and competent dialogue on all matters which need to be discussed and agreed upon in order to ensure a standing together wherever and whenever it matters. From its part, Croatia remains committed in doing its best to keep making its tangible contribution to our alliance in the shape of its engagement, in a constructive discussion over its best possible functioning when it comes to defence, deterrence and international cooperation, in its political, security, and military contribution, as well as in its pledge to ensure an equal burden sharing. So this will be all for my introductory part, and I look forward to interaction and your questions, if you may have. Thank you very much.
1: Just raise your hand and um, please wait for the microphone to come to you. And then, if you just briefly state your name, and affiliation, and your question, um, that would be great. I'm going to put Terry on the spot, though, because one of the issues that we that we have a lot that on the front and center is, is, is the transatlantic trade relationship. and. Um, and- there's a saying that when the when the elephants fight, it's the grass that gets trampled. Not that Croatia is grass, but but you guys are in the middle of all this, so let me ask Terry to lead off the first question. Thank you. It's Terry Miller with the Heritage Foundation, um, uh, Madam Prime Minister. When um, uh, the United States uh, and uh, Europe have now come to a sort of a ceasefire, I guess in the uh, uh, rising level of tensions uh, relating to trade. Um, And the potential is still there for uh, some pretty severe disruption uh, between trade flows between America and Europe across the Atlantic. And um, I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit about the internal uh, discussions within the European Union about how best to respond to uh, what has um, now seemed to be a more aggressive U.S. posture uh, in terms of defending our own trade interests.
0: Well, thank you very much. So you pinched with uh, one of the the, uh, points of uh, little disagreements that we have lately, uh internally uh you know trade is an important policy actually uh trade is one of the common policies of the european union so that's where we act uh, very much together like uh, unlike in some other in some other matters so when uh these questions were raised we were really internally very much concerned about possibility to introduce new tariffs on Uh, which was first announced on aluminium and uh, and steel, and then probably on some other issues. And uh, I must say, internally, when we discussed it, we were wondering whether that will really happen because of uh, this transatlantic trade that, that is so important to both sides of the Atlantic, we believe is mutually uh, uh, beneficial to have it without tariffs but of course work together on the areas where one side feels it's unfair or we should we should see how it is is it arranged because when you pick up certain parts of the trade, then certainly the picture is one. And when you take it all, then you, you have probably more, more thorough pictures. So we were, we were very much concerned when we first, you know, as uh, uh, the trade uh, is within also my portfolio in, 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 in our, in our share in the government. So, uh, yes, we, we discuss it very thoroughly. We were hoping uh the trade uh, tariffs will not be introduced they they were they are at the moment, but I think a good uh, good thing is that the President Trump and President of the European Commission Juncker met in July, and I think that was a very good meeting that was really uh, sh- uh, putting the light to the benefits both sides could have uh, out of that. And I think the result of the meeting was uh, that uh, the trade tariffs were not introduced to other, to other parts. On uh, European Union side, as you know, or as of the 1st of June, uh, these tariffs were introduced on on European Union, uh, so for aluminium steel, we reciprocate. I think that's just normal. You know, everyone we have shared in, uh, we have shared values, but we have also each one of us has its own interest. I think that's fair uh, to have interest and to protect them. So we reciprocated on on, on number of issues where we thought would be uh, would be reciprocal to what we uh, suffer, and I think it's according to WTO rules acceptable. That you can compensate for for the loss you have, but we believe uh, uh, in the European Union. But uh, also, I can speak now on behalf of Croatia that the good direction would be that we uh, really have a lot dialogue as long as we need and uh, thorough uh, to discuss every single detail and to see the win-win situation. We are we are sure that we can find a way to have a win-win for both sides. Uh, you know that the uh, United States is also questioning the WTO as a multilateral uh, organism. Uh, in European Union and in Croatia, we fully support multilateralism. We be- believe in today's world this is uh, one of the ways to protect uh, the-, the rules ba- ba- rule-based order. And we believe that without a functioning multilateralism, we will find ourselves in chaos. In a in a surrounding which is um, by multiplying by different uh, different uh, threats. So we believe in multilateralism, but we also can understand that probably some arrangements uh, could be uh, could be, be- uh, made better fit for purpose. So I think it's good also to have a dialogue on that and to see, because uh, uh, without uh, clear uh, rules for everyone who participates, for instance, in WTO, we i think i i fear we will find ourselves uh, in uh, in a chaos in in the international trade so i think we need international trade uh, european union and the us made a larger part of gdp of the world made a larger part of the trade international trade and i think it's of our utmost interest on both sides of the us and of the european union to find a way to have a solutions that would be win-win for both sides so we hope that our teams, I know that on on European Union side it's uh, Commissioner Malmström, uh, and also from US side there is a, there is a negotiator. Uh, that the teams are working, and I think uh, they really need to work out what the two presidents, President Trump and President of the Commission Juncker, agreed in July. I think that was crucial that meeting, actually, where really they uh, they found a way to our uh, to uh, to decide on. Uh, more dialogue on non-putting a new uh, new tariffs and on finding a way to, uh, to the benefit of both sides. Thank you.
1: Go
2: on the well, welcome to the Heritage Foundation, Madam Minister. I'm Anthony Kim with the Heritage Foundation. Uh, not too long ago, Jim and I, we actually had a great visit to Zagreb as well. And actually, thanks to Lara and your capable ambassador in Washington. So thanks to them as well. Uh, we had a number of good meetings, including uh, with the energy minister and both uh, Croatian Chamber of Commerce and AmCham. Now, if I may, Madam Minister, uh, it's a bit of a long-term question. 2020 is a very important year for Croatia, not because United States, we're going to have another presidential election. 2020 is a Croatia's EU presidency. And when you take up that presidency, it takes time in terms of driving and formulating your policy ideas and whole presidency. So next year will be also important. In terms of your priority, domestic economic priority, I ask that question because not anymore, it seems to us, uh, foreign policy cannot be formulated without strong domestic economic policies. So on that note, could you let us know or from your perspective what kind of priorities would you would like to pursue in terms of your domestic agenda, energy or some other economic reforms, as much as you can share? Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much for that, and thank you for raising the, uh, this or flagging this issue of Croatia's uh, first-ever presidency of the Council of the European Union. It's a really a great task, and for the country of our size, you know, the, the presidency has the main tasks no matter who runs uh, the European Union, Germany or Croatia or Luxembourg. So, <laughs> so you, you, you do need to deploy much uh, more smartly your forces in order to, to run that presidency. We are preparing for that very thoroughly and you rightly pointed out that uh, yes strong domestic policies are interlinked with the with the, with, the, with the foreign policies and trade policies and all of that however you know the uh the priorities for for the for the um for the six month presidency are to be agreed partly on uh you know proposal on our side and partly and quite a bit Influenced by what are the priorities, general priorities of the European Union? But re- let me remind what will what will be the 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 uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the landscape, institutional landscape, and political landscape at first of January 2020. So we will have a new elected European Parliament. We will have a new Commission. Hopefully, uh, should be by November 2019. Uh, the I'm not sure we will agree of a new multiannual financial framework, which is a phrase for European budget. Actually, which, as you may know, as any budget anywhere, is hard to agree on priorities and on the on the on the uh, overall size. And uh, and of course, uh, there will be a time where, uh, for for a while, European Union will, for the first time ever in its history, decrease in numbers. So we will be 27 and not 28, as Brexit, uh, in one way or the other, will uh, will take place on the 29th of March next year. So actually, the 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 the, the, the landscape is quite new. Uh, uh, we expect a new shape of the European Parliament. You know that European Parliament has grown in its uh, policy making part. Uh, it's a very important co-decision maker in, in European policies. So actually, that would be a very pretty uh, unknown territory, what we are heading to uh, right now. Uh, and second thing linked with the priorities, there is a trio. There are always trios that you work with. Our trio uh, and first meeting we had yesterday in Zagreb is uh, is a Finland, Romania, and Croatia. So actually, all of these things streamline your priorities. However, we have already decided that there will be certainly two, three priorities where we will focus our our, our forces. One of them is absolutely growth, growth uh, for economic growth. We we, we think that's uh, that's uh, very important and topical for all European Union member states. Uh, in our case, uh, we are. Uh, Severely hit by the fact that a lot of uh, people are going because there is a free movement, complete free movement, almost complete. Only Austria it has not opened the borders for Croatian workers. So as Croatian, you can work in any of the 27, 26 member states. Just go there and find a job and you are there. So no, no special requirements. And that made a lot of competent people living for better salaries in in different countries so for us it's a huge uh, huge issue domestically how to harness uh, this issue of uh, you know uh, how would you plan your growth without a workforce uh, how you would you plan your your your, uh, your growth without uh, young uh, generations and competent people so we certainly will have put uh, youth employment as one of the important policies on that and uh, last, not really probably linked with the economy, but more in with, with the policy, politics, uh, is enlargement. We truly believe for that for our surrounding and having in mind our own experience, uh, uh, very, um, a very difficult one, uh, is that only, uh, you know, uh, the uh, European Union and NATO membership, not all our neighbours that aim for European Union membership also aim for NATO. Some of them clearly for the time being uh, are not interested, but we will see what happens in the future. We believe that this framework is only guaranteed to stability and prosperity in that part of the world. So we firmly will support all the country in preparing. And at this point I would like to mention, I I, I briefly probably touched upon in my speech, you know, I've been very much involved uh, in uh, this transitional Integrational activities of Croatia and through different means, um, in, through our NGOs in 90s and through the government and parliament in 2000s, and then as a private uh, European policy expert uh, later on. So and now again in the government, and I can tell you that for Croatia this was crucial in transformation, transformational uh, way that we have been put in a in a kind of streamline what to do, because we were to do in Croatia at the same time uh, state-building, uh, homeland war at the beginning, uh, and then after the homeland war for the recovery and everything it takes, our uh, transition, economic and political, and integrational. And if I look at back, you know, we are only 27 years uh, independent state, um, I think we may made a terrible journey really and and huge journey from where we started from and where we are now. Uh, for instance, if you take what would have happened if croatia uh, was uh, to peacefully depart from former Yugoslavia, uh, then we would have put all of our energy into transition and into 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 uh, economic growth and uh, we recovered our GDP from 1990 only in two thousand four where the ten countries of uh, former eastern bloc were joining European Union. So imagine how much time and how much we lost in those years where we were well we didn't lo- lose we, we 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 gained our independence, freedom and and the state which is huge and and has no price. But in terms of economic uh, and a third of the country and infrastructure was a third was occupied then a third of the infrastructure was destroyed. A lot of uh, a lot of housing uh, was destroyed so and we financed mainly by ourselves for instance, housing almost by 98% not uh, not counting others so in fact uh, we through our own experience uh, in in that short for the state short period of time we we made a tr- tremendous uh, tremendous um, i think leap we started with our uh, really serious nato and and eu our accession process somewhere at two thousand three two thousand four and in uh, you know we became member of the NATO in two thousand nine and member of the European Union in two thousand and thirteen and croatia has changed tremendously you know uh, and for us our experience was that uh the uh, this transformation of the country this path was probably most important that, than, the, than the, uh, the the actual membership because through that we were, you know, having support both in NATO and in EU. We were having also uh, financial support, but mainly, you know, uh, support in political terms and support in, in streamlining our policies. And we have transformed our countries, absolutely. You know, when you are part of it, you don't feel it so much. But when you look it back, and uh, you mentioned that you've been in Zagreb, and probably some others here in this room also. Uh, if you come from time to time, you can really see a change. For instance, we are a great tourist country, and without this stability and uh, and and security uh, uh, provided by these two important frameworks, uh, I don't think we would be a top destination, or some of our our cities like Zagreb, Zadar, and other where you know best places, best um, uh, Christmas uh, markets in, in, in Europe, and, and so on. So this is really important, and this is our message. I, I, I made it rather long, but just to, to tell you why we are so much supportive for the enlargement, to both open-door policy for NATO and enlargement to the European Union, because we believe it's in the interest of global if you take global security, regional security, in the, in the interest of these countries, but in very much interest, if you, if we are allowed to be selfish, and I think we should all, uh, at, at least partly, uh, we are also, it's, this is in interest of Croatia. For instance, being a tourist country, you can imagine that uh, even a possibility of a threat or something, and we are still on a migratory route from uh, Eastern Mediterranean, uh, then, uh, of course, uh, the tourism will suffer as a service which uh, largely counts on peace and stability and, and, uh, and uh, people come to rest and not to have uh, possible problems. So that's why we believe that it is uh, our also not only um, our policy, but it's our duty to support uh, enlargement for those countries because this provides for transformation of the societies and transformation of economies. So this is I don't know whether I completely answer your question. For, to, to the energy sector, this is very important. This is topical. Uh, we are part of those who voice uh, the uh, diversification of energy sources in, 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 in Europe. For instance, we on, in gas in Croatia, we have our production for the half what we, uh, what we uh, need. Uh, but for the other half, we are dependent for the time being on one source, which is for the whole Europe more or less the same, which is from Russia. And I think uh, we still, uh, of course, will be buying uh, gas, which is coming from Russia, but we need to have security of supply uh, in, in order to, uh, to keep this stability and security overall. So we are uh, – we, uh, we have the project of LNG terminal in one of our islands, and we hope really that together with U.S., who was really supportive for that, and, uh, and the European institutions who partly finance – uh, provided financing that we will we will succeed in that but the LNG in Croatia is not only for Croatia because it's larger than what we need it's certainly for uh, for the whole region and for Europe as a whole important and i think uh, this agreement that was partly done with the president trump and 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 uh, president of the commission on on energy buying more energy buying more uh, Liquefied natural gas from uh, United States of America. This is part of this uh, this policy, and I think this is the right approach because we really need to diversify energy. Is the question of now and and the time to come because this is where uh, uh, is it is important to have proper infrastructure and proper functioning and proper uh, proper linkage between the countries. In, in this moment, in the western part of Europe, uh, this. Uh, this grid is much more diversified and much more um, uh, deployed than in our part of the world, so within 3 cs initiatives, which is also Croatia championing. Uh, we we believe in building in energy, but in g- digital and transport sector, more interconnections between from north to south and uh, east to west, and I think this is the way how to develop our societies better and secure our interests.
1: Which are all components of building more vibrant economy.
0: Yeah, 3Es. The the 3 to go with the
1: 3Cs. But I should have mentioned that Terry and uh, Anthony together co author uh, the index that we do every year, the uh, Index of Economic Freedom, where we grade every country in the world on their level of economic freedom. And it's been really interesting tracking Croatia's score over the years. So you have some very stiff regional competition for uh, economic freedom. But um, conversely, when we look at the scores, there's, there's tremendous dynamic opportunity for Croatia to grow in, in terms of economic not just economic growth and regional immigration and leadership. So we watch that very closely. I wanted to ask Mike to ask the question because I don't know if he'll ask this question or not. But one of the things we talk about all, all the time is 2019 being a pivotal year for Europe. So if he doesn't ask you to make a prediction on the European election. you can work that into the answer that. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the elections?
2: Uh, <laughs> Mike Gonzalez of the Heritage Foundation. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. I think, you know, uh, in one of my uh, pre- previous speeches and one recent uh, speeches, uh, out of few challenges that the European Union faces, I think one of them uh, were, uh, is, uh, for, to my mind, also this uh, European uh, Parliament election. Our, our prediction is that it will be the most crucial elections for the European uh, Parliament ever. You know that since uh, 1979 is uh, started to be elected uh, by universal uh, suffrage. It's, uh, it has been before European Parliament was just nominated, not elected. So since then, this probably will be the most crucial part because... um uh, uh, all the pollings uh, that uh, we have been seeing uh, uh, say that uh, uh, the uh, landscape in the European Parliament will change, and it will change in a way uh, apparently uh, as uh, some national uh, elections uh, uh, change the national parliaments. So they will be more populist there. There will be more anti-Europeans. We, you know, we. For a long time, we thought that the champion of anti-European Union was Mr. Farage from, from UK, who actually, when he helped together with some others to, uh, to win the, the Brexit, uh, uh he lost completely. So he never gained the UK national elections, but on no vote against the European Union, he gained, and actually he was very important for the Brexit. Uh, for 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 referen- on, on the referendum on, on on UK leaving European Union. So we believe it it will be a different um, a different place, the European Parliament. Uh, Croatia uh, has at the moment 11 uh, 11 elected uh, members of the European Parliament in the next uh, will have 12 and some of the polling ISO, uh were saying that at least one but up to three, will be uh, elected on the list of um, new wave uh, politicians who are actually not so much pro-European integration. So out of 12, three would mean quarter, which is a lot. And actually, I think um, I just talked to someone when we were coming over here on how uh, difficult was to agree on the wording uh, at the general uh, council um, uh, meeting in, in, in July on our Albania and Macedonia uh, possibility to start negotiations next year. And I will not mention the country, but I will just tell you that basically we were all on one camp, except one very firmly against giving a proper and direct wording of Opening negotiations next year for these two countries. Uh, then there were two and a half at, at the end, but uh, we were by large majority voicing uh, for the reforms of and 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 and, uh, and some uh, huge breakthroughs like Macedonia with the name issue with the, with the Greece. We were voicing very much that you need to show that when the country really goes and. Deploys all it it can, or even more than that. Uh, that uh, we need to show that we uh, we uh, it pays off, and that uh, there is uh, something that these countries are wishing for. Uh, we were discussing um, informally because the the, the meeting uh, at the meeting we were you know uh, we need to be uh, to agree on these things. This is uh, an area where we need to be. Uh, all uh, who are at the table uh, for so it was very very difficult to work out for the wording that could be uh, explained in uh, Tirana and in 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 uh, Skopje that we have given them actually green light provided that next year this time they provide for more reforms especially in the area of anti-corruption and and fighting organized crime um, uh, but um, uh, so it's 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 very very difficult to um, to agree on on things uh, when uh, even when we know that it will be in a good benefit. And the only reason, or one of the main reasons, for this one country that stood against uh, this clear wording was the next parliamentary election for the European Parliament. So that shows you, and it's not a small country. So that uh, shows by itself uh, how important, how difficult, and uh, how challenging this will be. So, of course, no one knows uh, with with elections that things can change the last night before elections. You know that Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone who is in politics knows that uh, things can be really influenced by uh, some major event can really uh, change everything. But what the pollings are showing now, uh, it will be uh, more, uh, it will be challenging for the mainstream parties to get uh, the same number of votes that they have now, not to talk about more of that. And uh, it will be a new uh, environment. European Parliament has a lot of um, powers, co-decision powers in the European Union of today. And uh, it, the work for us as a presidency, because part of the work of the presidency is to work with the European Parliament on, on the, uh, on the legislative proposals that um, are put by the Commission. Uh, so, uh, we will see what kind of partners we will have on the other side. But it will be, it will be a change. I think it will be a different place, more challenging. It will um, uh, ask for all of us to engage more. Apparently citizens are not very happy for the time uh, being, or some of them. So that's why they vote for populist. And I think mainstream parties uh, need to have a good answer to the citizens, to secure them that we also safeguard their interest. And uh, so there are big issues that we need to answer. I think one big issue is a migration. Uh, I think you, you know for that also in, in the United States. In uh, Europe, we have been faced with a huge wave of migration in 2016. Never heard, never off, never seen the, in that. And no one can in Europe uh, manage that if the number, because numbers are huge. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, talking about Eastern Mediterranean route in Turkey, there are four at the moment. I think four point six billion uh, million uh, refugees, three five uh, from Syria and others from Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan and other uh, some also from Africa. there is a middle Mediterranean route where the uh, uh, come uh, sub-saharan uh, African uh, Africans mainly through Libya, which is unstable Mali and other places uh, which are uh, in uh, not in easy places to live still and probably for the time being also that. So we are trying to harness migration on the route uh, co- uh, to the root causes, but this uh, will uh, show results. It's showing partly results, but will show only in the longer term. So, but people are there, and will be coming there. So uh, this is the hugest issue because we need, as a, as a European Union, we cherish the human rights and really uh, for those. And I'm talking now about illegal immigration. Uh, of, of course, there are some uh, legal flows that. Uh, we accept, but illegal mi- immigration is a huge issue. For instance, it is said that only in Iran there are about three million refugees from Afghanistan, Pakistan, Bangladesh and other uh, countries from in that part of the world who are just going around and no one knows when they enter, when they leave, when they are. Uh, some of the countries in our surrounding have abolished visa with uh, Iran. So immediately there are a lot of tourists coming. And um, so it's it's very complex, but I think what people are concerned about is uh, this, is um, how to respond to these illegal migrations and how to respond to big issues like employment, growth, and uh, possibility to work and have a decent life. So we, I think, as mainstream uh, parties will need to answer these questions properly and then the picture in the European Parliament will be uh, more fit for developing further European Union. So I just want to try to squeeze in two more questions. Mm-hmm. Sit so down here and then and then I think Madam Prime, Minister. Madam Prime Minister, thank you for a, a great talk and great answers. Very quickly, uh, referring to the European parliamentary elections, what about Russian interference? In the past, uh, Donald Tusk has talked about how Russia gave money to both the left and the right in previous parliamentary elections. What's your view on uh, what the European Union is going to do to try to thwart that? Do we take other or...? Yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, well, uh, it is said that uh, Russian influence on, in different countries, including European, uh, some of the European in- institutions, probably the most targeted one is the European Parliament, is there. Uh, I cannot uh, testify because I'm, I was not a member of the European Parliament, but from colleagues who were, they really say that you can, you can see that. Um, so uh, I don't think you can counter that with uh, any kind of legislative piece. We just need to raise awareness that this exists. Uh, Russia is having their uh, interests and they are very present, for instance, in our region. In some countries, uh, not so much probably in Croatia, but in some of our countries in the surrounding, uh, very much present. And uh, I don't think I need to underline that. In this country, you know that uh, there are parts of uh, former Eastern Bloc where really Russia doesn't want uh, na- neither NATO nor EU to, uh, to come. So if those countries are labeling that they want one of or both – then uh, certainly Russia is more active in these areas so I think it's uh, uh, Russia is there uh, they are they are they are present uh, some say that they have through funding of some of the of the campaigns in UK that they were also behind some of the groups that uh, were uh, pro UK lead camp uh, so I think we need just uh, what we can do is to answer properly to our uh, to our citizens in the way that uh, they uh, recognize what is good for them uh, otherwise i don't think we can have any kind of piece of legislation that can can work out that uh, yeah, they are not uh, russian influenced there for instance in croatia they're not so much present in the political but in economic sphere they need to, uh, they they want especially in uh, they, Uh, label their interest in energy sector and in some other sectors. They are there, and they they are also present on our market. Uh, So, um, of course, uh, they are present. uh, But I think that with uh, uh, having this uh, in mind, uh, that you can work the best local policies and also international policies in order to counter uh, if they are working against uh, the interests of uh, difficult to predict how, uh, active, uh, they will be in, uh, in, uh, European Parliament elections. But certainly yes. they are in some countries more present than mm-hmm. in others. Uh, Ari Middleman, Keystone Strategy and Evoxy. Just
2: a few moments ago, I'm reflecting, I used to live and work in OSIEC 15 years ago, and, uh, annually, unfortunately not this year, I've gone back, and it is remarkable how far Croatia's gone. So to you and your colleagues, the Croatian peoples, fuck a Um... To go from Russia, then I wanted to pivot to China. I don't think it would be a policy discussion in Washington without a mention of China. Um, my understanding is that history and precedent has been set this past year in Croatia and in Europe with the Peljesac Bridge, uh, and then also Croatia partnering with Chinese uniformed police officers in Zagreb and Putvica and Dubrovnik. Uh, so curious overall China's posture in the region and thoughts on uh, the future of China in the region.
0: Um- Thank you for mentioning China. China is a, you know, big, important player, especially economic player in the world. Uh, uh, We are hosting next year China Plus 16 uh, Summit in – this year was in Bulgaria, this next year is in in Croatia. So we believe that uh, we need to have – you know, China is a member of WTO for 10 years or more. So of course they can they can bid for any uh, tender that you have, and that's how they got this uh, Peljesac bridge, which actually will be the biggest uh, funding from the European funds that Croatia has. It will be 375 million euros, so biggest ever uh, infrastructural projects uh, that would be financed through uh, EU, uh, and uh, they were uh, twice cheaper than the next one. Uh, that was a consortium of Turkish, Turkey and Italy, and the next one, Austria and some others. So, in fact, if you have uh, a price, and it was not a dumping price, actually, because when we were preparing for, uh, we wanted this, you know, Peleschitz Bridge is bridging two parts of Croatia that are not uh, linked by land. So for us, it's linking two parts of the country, and for European Union, two parts of the European Union. Our people in our beautiful Dubrovnik, for instance, cannot go to Zagreb, to the capital, without passing through Bosnia and Herzegovina with a passport, unless they fly. Uh, so for us, Schutz Bridge is much more than regular bridge, transport bridge. It's a, it's a, it's a bridging, uh, the, the, it's a linking uh, the country together, and uh, that uh, our aim for the, uh, already ten or fifteen years was to build the bridge. But we were not able to uh, finance the full uh, scale of what is needed—not only the bridge, but also the infrastructure that is after and before the bridge. So that's, which is uh, uh, also uh, part of uh, part of the package. So finally, now when we can, as a full member of the European Union, uh, touch uh, the uh, huger amounts, we have that, and uh, the China just was a good bidder. So we want to have a good bridge. Uh, We uh, will keep an eye on that. And when we were preparing for that, we were uh, asking for an expert to uh, approximate what would be a fair price for the bridge. And actually, uh, and it was not a Croatian uh, Croatian firm that that has done that. And that was, uh, the price was a little bit lower than what uh, the Chinese offer finally that was accepted was there. So it's a free market. So that's for, that's for, 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 for China building, uh, building the bridge. And China is certainly, uh, very active in our part of the world, uh, as I- everywhere, you know, for One Belt, One Road initiative. So they are, uh, really economically trying to get and financially, uh, uh, to, uh, uh in, uh, in a, in a way to, uh, helping these countries, but also building Very strong China. Of course, there might be concerns about that. But uh, uh, if you need funding, uh, uh, which we do, and uh, all the countries in uh, China plus 16 uh, uh, informal um, gathering, uh, then of course you look at who is who is able and willing to come. But of course, in doing so, and in particular in the European Union, is raising concerns about. Uh, is really this a uh, proper competition uh, are the funding coming from uh, you know hidden ways through the uh, through the state uh, is it uh, uh, at the end of the day probably also dumping you know in a different uh, different way So uh, we are doing more and more, and I think within European Union this will be developed even more in the future, that we will uh, develop more our legislation to what we call scan uh, the investments coming not only from China but also from other sources that are not from the most modern and democratic uh, parts of the world. So this will be the way to harness to address this issue that is of concern. But I think it's a legitimate uh, to uh, if you have uh, a good uh, fair deal to get it to get things done. So that's the way we approach it. But we know of the the possibility that uh, it can if uh, the the amounts would be um, over uh, big then probably that could endanger uh, in some way the sovereignty in some way. So we are very much watchful for that. But we are looking for a good funding, and we are uh, looking to develop uh, our countries, and that's why uh, China plus 16 uh, network works.
1: Before we wrap up, could I just ask you, you mentioned in your speech, could could you maybe just uh, briefly discuss the the two bilateral issues, uh,
0: the tax trade treaty and the visa waiver? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thank you for raising that. I think for our bilateral relations, uh, that are really two uh, outstanding issues uh, that uh, would uh, really change be big game changer for our relations, uh, which are already very good, very friendly and uh, that since our very independence uh, for trade. Uh, And for investment, I think would be very beneficial for both for American and and Croatian companies, uh, uh, two ways uh, to to have uh, avoidance, uh, the agreement on avoidance of double taxation. Because uh, how things work now is that uh, you are not in a fair competition because you get this double, double taxation, which really companies do not like, but uh, I think the number of companies, uh, uh, American investments in Croatia is raising. We have uh, uh, one very important investment from IBM in Croatia. We have KKR. We hopefully will have uh, LNG soon. Uh, So I think uh, that the, uh, the Department for Treasury will recognize that there is enough interest from uh, American side uh, into uh, Croatia, investment in Croatia in order to, uh, to get this agreement done. On the other side, also Croatian companies are interested to invest in, 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 in the United States, so that would be really beneficial. And usually, I think we are, at the moment, the only European Union member state that doesn't have that. Uh, I think taking into account our good relations and strategic alliance That would be just a a logical step forward. Thank you very much for the Heritage Foundation for supporting that. Uh, Someone mentioned the American uh, Chamber, um, Trade Chamber, uh, AMCHAM, uh, supporting that your um, um, very good ambassador to Croatia is also championing that. So I think we have now really a momentum and a lot of good energy and good people behind this. And I think that that will be just beneficial for both it's uh, for you know for big countries like us it is uh, the size matters so it is important to have enough interest but having in mind the size of our market i think the interest from american companies is already quite high so if we uh, introduce this uh, avoidance uh, this this agreement that would be developed further for uh, for the visa waiver program we are one of the five countries of the european union that still uh, need a visa. Yes, indeed, uh, we have a little bit uh, uh, less tight uh, rules for getting the visa, but still need a visa. I, sh- I mean, you know if you uh, can travel directly without a visa, then the exchange will be much greater uh, than uh, if, you, if you have a visa. So I think even uh, – and also helping the business communities – to, uh, to work more on both sides, I think visa waiver program would, uh, would work for that. Uh, the uh, main point for visa waiver program is to see how many, um, how many denials of the visa you, you have. We are um, getting uh, lesser and lesser uh, numbers, but still uh, didn't reach three percent which is the threshold, Uh we believe that having in mind that Croatia is really not a threat, security threat to U.S. and the size of the country and uh, the strategic cooperation that we might uh, embark on the road to uh, ease the, the, the visa regime, uh, the getting visa, but uh, heading to abol- abolishing visa on, on this side. As we are members of the European Union, you know, for – uh, uh, if we were applying and if we would be obeying by obeying by the European Union legislation, we should have introduced uh, on the side of the European Union visas for Americans. Of course, no one wants that. And since 2016, you know, our, um, uh, together with us are Cyprus, Bulgaria, Romania, and Poland. And among uh, these countries, I think we are with the with the best record for the time being. And, uh, every year lowering this, uh, this figure. So getting it right, I think, for the, for the time being. And we are in what we call the trialogue with the European Commission, uh, us and, uh, and, and, and U.S. So are, we are trying to reach a, a, a solution for all of five, uh, but Probably quicker and, and and better for Croatia would be to to get each one on on its own merits because if we wait for all five of us to reach completely, I think that will take time and uh, for our exchange and for our uh, relations would be very good to uh, to wait the visa waivers, especially having in mind that uh, Croatia is really not a threat to the security of the U.S. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank and thank you. Thank <laughs> You okay.